Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast, um, Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Um, I know I'm going to fuck this name up just because I'm fucking thinking about it. I apologize in, uh, in advance, but don't help me. I'm going to phonetically, Ayadeli Odabella. You got it perfect. You can even fuck it up. <laughs> yes. Take the win. Take the girl, win. I, girl, you got it. As a black woman, we got to take a win. Fuck that Everywhere come. we can. Girl, like, really. Pro- exactly. Pronouns. She, her, and hers. Girl, baby, introduce Ooh. yourself and then tell Hello. us. Because we got a lot to talk about this day. Yes, we do. We really do. And then tell us why you're ca- uh, what, why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? And we'll just get right into it. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Ayadeli, like you said. Um, I'm a data scientist. I consider myself more of an AI ethicist because, and I don't even like the word ethics, but <laughs> um, I, I care about creating fair algorithms because we have suffered under crap algorithms that disproportionately affect us and ruin our lives since like day one. Um, I started my career like in marketing and I started working more with analytics uh, and then went to school for data science. And it wasn't until after graduation, I attended the data for black lives conference on like a student scholarship, like Mm -hmm. blown out, paid for my hotel. Um, And that was when I realized, oh, wait, this whole data thing that you've been learning, all of this machine learning stuff really hurts black people. And nobody in grad school mentioned it. Nobody in a lot of industry roles mentioned it. So I think it's important to cause a scene because like this affects me. This affects my personal life. This affects multiple aspects of our livelihoods. And on top of that, I mean, I'm causing a scene because I'm writing a book. I'm, I'm talking about these issues and delving deep into especially the social implications of technology and not just focusing on here's a technical solution, here's some code. Um, really going in on like, and even, you know, talking with my publishers, this is not just a technical book. If we don't sit here and decolonize this, if we don't sit here and talk about white supremacy, if we don't peel back the layers and actually get to the truth, a lot of what data ethics does is it kind of glazes over and lets practitioners feel cushy and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're doing it the ethical way and people are just biased. What are we supposed to do? Girl, you just I'm going into we're straight up not creating this technology because it's biased because the data is bad does not mean we just get to gloss over it and do it anyway. So, okay. So you just it. fucked me all up. Cause I'm just going to tell you right here. You said you don't like being called a data ethicist. You don't like using that, but, 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 but you just hit me on, Ooh, just slammed me in my face was the very reason I don't like terms like nice and fair and mm-hmm. good. Who the fuck gets to define what ethics are? Yep. The same people who are perpetuating. Exactly. And so then they get to tap themselves on the back because they've given themselves these titles. Yes. As if um, they're they're ethical and their decisions are ethical by default because they give themselves these titles. But when white supremacy is the default, all you can do is perpetuate white supremacy in these systems, in your data. With the same tools with the same methodologies to only, I think that's been my biggest critique too. Like you mentioned, these like groups for good technology and all of these for good initiatives, Yes, they really just go lightly and tread lightly over, you know, there's some biases, there's some bad things on the planet, like criminal data has, it's got some problems, but you know, <laughs> let's do it anyway. And I'm like, no, we have to destroy mm-hmm. this the fucking mm-hmm. beginning. If we're not going to literally destroy how we've built our academic and our technological, basically tech companies and every aspect of the faux meritocracy, the uh, racism that goes on in these like 
upper white middle class like communities of, of engineers, if we're not going to destroy that systemic uh, racism, we're not going to actually change anything. We're just putting the bandaid. Like, Girl, we're not even, we're putting the bandaid on a, on a damn bullet wound. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so interesting. I'm glad you bring it up because people are, are asking me now, Kim, do you know any anti-racist companies? No, I do not. No. No, no. y'all just started using the goddamn word a few months ago. Zero, zero. <laughs> like the only anti-racist companies are companies who are founded typically by marginalized people who instill in every like facet of their organization that they do not tolerate racism, that they do not perpetuate it. And even then, they're still typically at the wills of investors. Almost definitely. But as I said, they like, don't scale. They're not, gotta, those aren't the companies that are scaling. Those aren't the companies exactly. that's getting funded. Those exactly aren't the companies. Yes. So, I mean, so they might be making their, first of all, you hit on it. It's a marginalized team or person. Yep. It's yep. not some white person who's no. doing this. And usually with less access to the same resource pool. Exactly. And no funding. So, yep. no, I don't see it. Where, the no. fuck, where do you think I'm supposed to see it? Uh, and it so doesn't I'm, exist. So I'm building them. I'm building them. I'm just like, you know yes. what? Let's, I'm, let's build this crap. I'm with I you. I do not trust white folks to do this work. No. Y'all care about your feelings too much. Yeah. Just like you just said, you put them... To me, that ethicist title, just like ally title up, I don't mm-hmm. need none of that mess because your consistent demonstrated behavior yep. is not what is not um, is not showing all that. of this, all of this anti-racist, anti-bias. And I love that you just hit on this because you just you just took me to. This is why I get so, and I'm going to talk about Coinbase and Brian oh, Armstrong yeah. and We're going his, in. to girl, he, to his We're going shit drag. Exactly. He yeah. does not realize that his moment of trying to be woke mm-hmm. has set a legacy for his company for years to come because yeah. now he's a case study of this bullshit because exactly. there is no apolitical perspective, no. period. And you just said that yeah. in that, in that brief introduction. There is no apolitical. There is none. There is none. And I keep posting this quote because, and I hate, uh, slight tangent, I hate, I hate this, but we have to, we have to (laughs) sometime leverage the work of white folks who are doing good, you know, in order to get the same message across because it gets listened to. I keep keep quoting white people talking about this, like data is political. If you're a data scientist, your job is political. Stop pretending. I use white, white, uh, I'm gonna quote you all day long because- I use white adjacency a lot. Yes, (laughs) yes. And I'll tap into it, link the paper, go read the paper, go read mm -hmm, his at university and and go believe, mm -hmm. believe it, go read it. And unfortunately that's a very slippery slope because then you have a Robin D'Angelo who does not do anti-racism work at all Real. being being touted and put up as the anti-racist expert and her work yeah. is about uh, being about bias which i have problems with mm-hmm. it's not the same thing we can dig into bias but but even that like and it's funny because the title of my upcoming book is called uncovering bias in ml and i feel like it's it's not that it doesn't go deep I feel like that's the first layer, right? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like for tech folks, we are not as... Oh, girl, if you put racism in your tire, these motherfuckers be like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not racist. Oh, I can't buy that. That's not a technical book. That's not for me. Yeah. I can't watch that on mm-hmm. the... I can't read that on the train. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. It, yes, it talks about discovering that this bias is here, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I make it clear from the first chapter. Yeah, I'm not here about here just to tell you that this exists. I'm here to tell you that it is your responsibility and job to change it or you are continuing to reinforce you're complicit oh yeah. you're complicit mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. white supremacy mm-hmm. you're complicit in the racism the homophobia mm-hmm. every aspect of that mm-hmm. you are complicit in actively reinforcing mm-hmm. if you do not take these steps and i think that's the thing people are like ethics is oh it's just a couple steps at the end i'm like we have to destroy the entire workflow every yep. company yep. is using yep. to build yep. ai products or it's not going to change. I'm not going to keep putting a Band-Aid on it. I'm not going to keep talking about Band-Aids. And you're hitting on just the whole 
it all has to go. <laughs> yeah. No, just if to- we don't throw it out, I'm sorry. Yes, like yeah. it's, I didn't create it. Don't be mad. Yes, like, yes, the exactly. system, but I'm going to tell you what we have to do. It's Oh, oh let's, let's, so let's use this. It is it, their logic makes it just like you just said, we didn't create it. So they were like, Oh, but you know, that was okay. Fine. None of us who exist right now created it. Right. Mm-hmm. But will we use a car to feed a baby? No, no. Um, so I don't understand why this is just like these these hoops that they are. It's like your your argument makes absolutely no sense. It's like yeah. the, the, yeah. your your analogies, your metaphors, whatever you want to call them, they make absolutely no sense when you when you put it again. Okay, cars have killed people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I mean, people drive. I mean, yeah. even a car. Somebody forget to put it in park. It rolls down the hill. You it's know, not exactly. hard at all. And yet we don't say because cars were never designed to feed babies. And so we don't extend that to. No, we don't use that kind of logic for anything else. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, is that like you mentioned, it's kind of that like patting themselves on the back. Like, oh, well, we'll, I think even with the uh, Twitter cropping algorithm, well, we tested for fairness. No, 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 no. I want to see y'all's documentation. You better pull it up. Oh. Pull it up. But again, I don't even get to that point. Who the fuck gets to define fair? So when you get exactly. there, I don't want to see your data. I don't want to see shit because yep. I'm, I'm cutting it off right there. Who yep. show me, show me the, show me the pictures, show yep. me the lineup of the folks who said it was fair. Exactly that. <laughs> and that right there is why this work is now is, 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 is it, you need to be looking at it as a risk management issue and increasingly a crisis management issue. Yes literally incident response, like monitoring algorithms. I'm like, so it's shocking to me. And I've watched, like, since I started writing this book, I've done like a ridiculous amount of research, like read hundreds of papers, watched hundreds of people talk about this, even from leading organizations like Google. They are, they're trying to set the precedent, but they've used like their own user survey data to come up with numbers. It's like, yeah, 90% of companies don't test for fairness at all. Like these companies don't have teams to manage incident response. Like <laughs> this is why I get so ugh, flustered, <laughs> flummoxed mm-hmm. at our industry because we only want quantitative data, which is a yes. point, which is a point. point. And I need to understand the quality, where did, where did that data come from? What question did you ask to get that data? Exactly. Who was in the room? What happened? I need all of that yeah. for you before I can even start having a conversation about what a quote unquote fair is. Yep. I think that's exactly the fact. And then we don't, tech has always had this problem. And from someone who doesn't have like a straight technical background, um, it's more apparent. There is such a reluctance to work with like social scientists. Oh. I'm like, y'all, this is too late. <laughs> like the, we're, we're in 2020 where this has arrested people. This has killed people. This has mm-hmm. harmed people in multiple ways. I'm not going to sit here and placate your boohoo feelings. Exactly. I'm going to be like, if you're not on the, on board with fixing it, find another industry, yes. find another thing to do or build that ain't going to hurt people. Peace. Because if you're going to be working on AI technology, it's not just to be like, okay, so I saw the bias in the data and then I tested for fairness, but my company wanted something to release anyway. So I built it, but I feel bad. I'm not going to placate your fucking feelings anymore. Like it's okay. It's not okay. And then you get on Twitter and you talk about, Oh, I I saw this talk that made me feel really guilty. Mm -hmm. First of all, data professionals, the vast majority of data professionals have enough privilege to turn this work down. Mm-hmm. have enough privilege to walk the fuck away. Because folks are collecting and storing data and don't know what the fuck to do with it anyway. No. So yes, no. you, so you, yeah, you can get a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can go get another job. You can tell your, you can risk for most white men, you yes. can risk your own fucking reputation yes. and be like, yeah, I don't think we should do this and I am not going to build this. Guess what? People like me get get fired on the spot. Yes. But at the same time, the burden is on my back yes. to tell the fucking truth because everyone else that wants to work in data ethics wants to be like, guys, it's okay. Like, I know you want to balance the company ROI because you put a lot of money into AI. Like, you know, we can just test and then like release it anyway. I'm like, no, 
Like if, if you're not on board for just blowing the whole thing up then stop pretending that you give a shit about accountability, Girl. stop pretending yes. that your company is going to be yes. accountable. Being accountable is not just like, okay, we saw data bias. We tried to fix it. You need to be fucking responsible for the, yep. when this shit hurts people. You need to pay yes. people when the fucking, when it fucks up their lives, you need to have recourse and remediability. That's the, but that's the part that's coming. Yep. Yep. That's the part that's coming. And that's why they're fucking scared. It's going to hit them quick. And, they, and they're scared about to, um, to section 230. Yes. Because that is, that is what's been holding them together and, yep. and letting them just pass, slide by. But even yep. if that isn't dismantled, what's yep. going to happen is the crisis, it's going to be litigious. Yes. And that's where the shit's going to hit the fan. Yep. Because your AI has killed someone. Yes. That's where it's going. That's it, where it is. At that point, yes. and I think that we are finally getting there policy-wise, and even if it's not just, I don't really give a shit about U.S. government policy. Exactly. The court of public opinion is yes. going holding mm-hmm. these companies accountable. Yep. We're yep. seeing more and more of it. And they're going to be so far behind the eight ball because they didn't plan. Canaries have been dying in the coal mines and yep. y'all kept ignoring it because white supremacy allowed you to yes. ignore it and, and let you be the, the expert. And you're not going to know where they, and yep. I'm just going to sit back and, 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 and hike my prices yeah. up because like I exactly saw that. after George Floyd, white guilt pays well. Yes, it Girl. does. Hmm. Yes, it does. I'm like, trust one of the, uh, it's funny, the, the big aspect of my book that, uh, the probably most controversial aspect in the the whole time I've been writing this, I'm like, I don't know. It's a, it's difficult. Like, you know, this work is difficult. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. uh, and in some moments it's like, man, this is joy. I get to tell the truth. I get Mm -hmm. to like actually say what these people need to hear. Mm -hmm. And the other part, I'm like, maybe I should get security because I'm going to get But I'm talking about this acceptable, the white supremacy that y'all Everyone in these AI communities are okay. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Have you watched my video about um, how to protect black women online that I created? Oh, no, I have not seen it. Um, baby, you need, to, you need to watch it because it talks about getting um, how you need to put your stuff in order so yep. that you can't get doxxed and all this other bullshit. Yep. B- box your shit in fucking yep. who is yep. guard literally yes. like and that's what white folks don't get just i mean i want to i want to I, I don't yes. uh, yeah i want to cut you off because they don't get this you just we mm-hmm. just said you just said what little it would take for them to stand up and look at us having to put our physical yes. life protect our physical yep. lives just to open our fucking mouths because yes. do the work that they refuse to do exactly and then they can go collect a check that's higher because of who they are. Oh, I already know. I done burned. I done burned so many bridges. It's ridiculous. If I don't have my own business, what Literally. the fuck am I going to do? Because I don't know many people going to yeah. hire my yeah. ass. I'm just going to be They, don't, they <laughs> don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to pay money for the truth. They want yes men and yes women, despite what they say. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear someone be like, so let's blow it up and start from the beginning. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtagcausescene.com. Let's blow it up and start from the beginning. Okay, so like, we're, we're here. You just today. I knew we were having this conversation, and I want to thank you. Oh, let's talk yeah, about this right quick because I want to thank you. I had to reschedule this a few times because yeah, no this problem. work. No, I want to talk about that because as a black woman, this work got on my nerves at certain days, and I just yeah. did not have the energy to do these interviews. Yes. I don't think people understand what this work takes from us. Yeah. And so, no, no, but uh, hold on, because I want you to tell the, so I knew you were coming, but then you posted something today. Yes. That's what I want you to talk about, because this right here is, uh, yes, so go ahead. Oh, this is rough. This is Mm -hmm. rough. So, um, I've been doing a couple talks recently, preparing for one um, that's like next week. And this article came out like, days ago, maybe like five, six days ago, about a study they did on Boston uh, liver disease patients, right? So the hard thing for me, I, I'm, I kind of ignored this article. I had a million things going on at the time. I went back and read it. 
And I was like, wow, this hits home. So my father has liver disease. Um, he had a stroke in March of last year. Um, it has been like on the transplant list. He's been going to dialysis consistently for over a year. Um, it's not that he lives in Boston or anything, but I'm like, he's a black man in America. Like, of course, he doesn't mm -hmm. have the same access to healthcare as many other people, mm -hmm. like my colleagues do, my colleagues' families. Um, so not only that, going and diving deep into this study, they basically looked at, uh, I think it's like E, like there's a metric that's for measuring your liver functionality. And for black patients in 2009, like these researchers went in and manually uh, race corrected one of the, these metrics because they had so few black patients, right? So they wanted to make their data basically easier to deal with. Um, but it's one of the few algorithms like in healthcare that specifically takes in racial data. So if we think about that, first, it's just fucked up, like, to begin with, right? Um, second of all, this race correction added about 16% to this measure for every single Black patient and Black patients only. So this is not including Latino patients, not including Asian patients, not including, including white patients. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. What yeah. do you mean race correct? Let's explain that. Mm -hmm. So they this measure, I forget what it's called. It's like E something. But... Um, it's uh, like a measure of your liver function. So it goes from, and I'm kind of making this up because I don't know the full range, That's fine. but That's I'm imagining fine. Uh -huh. like from zero to a hundred, mm -hmm. right? So the lower the number, the more at risk you are for going into liver failure. It just says your liver is doing worse. And so that's an aspect that this algorithm takes into consideration when telling like doctors, hey, you should recommend transplants for some people. You should recommend other kinds of liver therapy for some people. So for black patients, they were like, okay, looking at the proportions of the data, they're like, oh, we don't really have a lot of black patients in this group. Um, but looking at the scores of the black patients and the scores of like all the other groups, white, Asian, um, Latino, uh, they were like, oh, you know what would make sense? And I can't explain why they made this decision, but for some reason, they're like, it's going to make dealing with this really imbalanced data easier to just add uh, a unit essentially to every black patient's uh, measure for this thing, their EKG or something so, like that. So basically if there is on the spreadsheet, if there's a black person, we're going to add 20 points or whatever yes. that was. Yes. Okay. Just yep. by default, because we recognize that there's something going on that we don't have any black people, but there is no explanation in the arbitrariness of whatever they decided, whatever the exponential thing they, okay, go ahead. Correct. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't find yeah. any reason for that. And so for every okay, black so patient I'm now, I'm, I'm sorry, because now my brain just so instead of going back and figuring out where why black people were missing, mm -hmm. they just decided to arbitrarily add something to it yes. without knowing why the black people were missing. Exactly that. And I think it gets, I can only like extrapolate. Uh, they probably went to a hospital and was like, give us all your liver patients. OK, we have like you know, because of most likely the region or the demographics of that hospital, they're like, okay, maybe we have 70% white and, and smaller percentages for everyone else and a very low percentage for black patients. So that's what I'm imagining is probably the situation. And like you said, instead of saying, okay, let's go to hospitals that serve more black patients who have liver disease and other chronic illnesses to retrieve that and also compare that, I can't say why that choice was made, but instead it was. Let's artificially bump your number. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out why just the black patients and not the Latinx patients. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, what, Unknown. again, and so I'm teasing this out, audience, so you can understand, even from a research science point of view, we make decisions that make no sense, that are not rooted in anything that is easily found, explained, and yet those are the decisions that we, you know, let's run with it. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you the truth that ha this happens one billion times over an in industry. Like even just as someone working in data to build models on a daily basis, the human decisions are not just in every step. They are 
so minuscule and yet can have a drastic impact. Mm -hmm. Not including one feature in a model can have a drastic impact on the model. I think that's part of why too, like I honestly believe we need to have either a um, oath or like a, a, a certification similar to way doctors do that can mm-hmm. be revoked. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about specific people working with data and building models that impact people mm-hmm. because like we play around with life and death. Yes, like, yes. We, we don't want to admit it. Nobody yes, wants to, yes, We play around yes. with life and death mm-hmm. like it's nothing and like it's a hot new tutorial. And we play around with black lives and death definitely as if, not like it's nothing, but it's, it is nothing. It is nothing. Okay, so go back to your story. Oh, my Lord. I yeah, just have to... Yeah. Mm, this is so many layers. Okay, so they, they added this, this arbitrary number, numeric yep. thing to it, and yep. then... Um, and then they, this study basically went back and looked at the outcomes, right? So the black patients were 50% less likely to get recommended for a liver transplant. And they went and looked and said, okay, if we look at this uh, one blood measure that black patients had artificially inflated, if we took that out and just took the, took the measure out for each patient, recalculated the entire algorithm, there would have been 64 patients that were black that would have been recommended for a kidney transplant. Mm. The one thing the article didn't mention, and I wish it would have, and I think this is one of the most critical problems when we do talk data ethics uh, and, and fixing this discrimination problem. Tell me how many of those patients died. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. Give me the outcome. Yep. Because I think about this, this could be my dad. He's yep. still on the he's still on the liver transplant list. And the article mentioned uh, only three hospitals. So after this study was done, um, they found three hospitals have changed their metric and are not using this racially corrected measure for black patients. Three in the country. Mm-hmm. So everybody else mm-hmm. at a hospital in the country, mm-hmm. if you get your blood d- tests and you have liver disease and you're black, your numbers will be artificially inflated. And, and this, art, uh, this study was done a year, the study concluded a year ago. So I'm like, yeah, what, what are the chances that uh, any hospitals outside of these three have changed this? Mm. What are the chances that black patients are going to have better outcomes because of this study? And while this study shines the light on it, they're saying, okay, well, you know, medical um, boards need to change their guidelines in order for widespread adoption to, to remove this thing. I'm like, so we're back at where we always mm-hmm, been. Mm-hmm. This dumb, this dumb thing has, has impacted us, hurt us, potentially killed people, um, held us back from resources and, op- and access to life critical healthcare. Mm-hmm. Okay. The study about it comes out. It gets a little bit of news. It's really popular for a while. Do the hospitals actually end up changing it? How many hospitals we have in this entire and country? It goes back to when you're talking about accountability. Yep. If, if you're not going to sit here and do something beyond shining the light, there will be no change. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at the mm-hmm. point where it's mm-hmm. like, this is personal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. these, are, this, these are our lives at stake. And knowing that... I think that's why this work is hard is because knowing that most people don't give, don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. most of my colleagues don't really give a shit. Yep. Most yep. of the people, like yep. even who the people who follow me online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you care enough to see it in your timeline, but do mm-hmm. you really give a shit? Like, does it actually impact your life? Exactly. Exactly. Like, is it really something that is life or death for you or people, you know, and if then, the answer is no, then you are less likely to hold these folks accountable and, so- and be like, pay them out. And it is so interesting to me because this is when I talk about that white supremacy is rooted in every system, institution, and policy that we have. Yeah. This, so, so they saw a discrepancy and because of the systems are set up the way they are to make this blind, oh, yep. let's, let's, let's just, let's just like, Let's just fix that. Let's just don't ask any. And this is why people love quantitative yeah. data and not qualitative, because it, it, when you're doing quantitative data only, you don't have to, outside of that screenshot, that moment, yep. you, don't, yeah. you don't ask questions about why. Um, yep. 
And I think that is, you hit the nail on the head with that. And I have been really pushing for two things specifically in tech recently. One is to stop this like scale business and to try and think that everything is supposed to scale. We're so oh! real, real. <laughs> Just because we can does not mean we should. Really? Have oh, we not? Lord. We talk about this. How many of y'all like tweet this every ra- randomly? Just because we can doesn't mean we should, but then you go and do it at your job. Oh my God. This is my whole point of like, I don't have a problem with move fast, break things. I have a problem with move fast, break things, move fast, break things, move fast, break things. And we never stop to figure out what we broke, yeah. how we broke it, who we harmed, who we need to make amends to, what do we need to fix? We exactly. never do that work. No, no, never. But you know why? But you know why? Because mediocre, unremarkable white dudes don't understand that work. It, that work nope. does not amplify them. That work does not center exactly. them. So why the hell do they care? Exactly. There's no, there's no impetus. That's what yeah. they consider the outliers. That's the out. No, that's not the fucking outlier. <laughs> like most of the world is brown. I don't like yes. just because y'all live in the Bay Area. I'm sorry. Like most of the world is brown. Yes. And if you are trying to make the world better or make solutions for the whole world, then you, but need you know to what you just, but you just hit it. But you can't because black, anti-blackness is the most ubiquitous and adopted thing in yep. the world globally. Yep. So now yes. you hit up on it. So mm-hmm. the most of the world is black and brown, but we got a strategy. Yeah. We got a white supremacy strategy for that. Yeah. And that's anti-blackness. Yes. And that's our, and that's the easiest way to ignore completely um, devalue yes. the work. Yes. De- mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. Like we haven't been just d- starting to do this work. <laughs> like this is not new. Mm-hmm. This is not, uh, I think there, because white supremacy is in every system, not only is our work devalued, there's less exposure. There are few people willing to stick their necks out and Mm -hmm. be actual sponsors and advocates. Mm -hmm. Like trust, I still have a lot of, uh, respect for my publishing company for taking a book that I'm like, look, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just Mm -hmm. told him, I was like, this is going to be a technical book, but you are going to have to publish something that's going to criticize white supremacy that it's going to talk about western centering it's going to talk about decolonization like are you ready oh, I've, I've given up on the fact of it of being able to get a book from a, 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 a mainstream publisher mm, that i don't need, i don't even see that happening for me no, no. i don't even see that happening no. for me no and, and i think that's the thing is that we know that all of those systemic factors yes. and the reasons why we yes. are yelling for them to just hear a whisper They're oh like, my god oh, let's stop right there because you just gave me you just gave me a visual we are yelling so that they can get a whisper (laughs) and we have to not only do we have to yell but we have to yell yell with civility (laughs) yes yell with civility like six big buff security dudes around us like hey guys we we can't we can't do this anymore that's why this work is hard but i think if it didn't, and I hate to say this, like if it weren't my dad's life, if it weren't my life, if it weren't how I interact with technology, if it weren't so deeply rooted and close to me, like I see this every day. We see this on the uh, the Twitter Twitter uh, cropping algorithm was discovered about a post mm-hmm. on like Zoom racism, and I'm like, can I go a day? Can I have? If I had mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. maybe if I wouldn't be so angry. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Girl, when I take when I take the weeks off, the, take a week off, I, I used to never do that because I was like, but I realized yeah. there's always going to be shit. So I just need there will be I some can new. come back. Yeah, like the Coinbase bullshit oh. happened when I was on break. Damn. I took a break, and I was like, and I was girl, I was holding yep. it. I was holding it. <laughs> I was like, I, I refused to yep. break my vacation. That's, for this. And that's real. Like I think that's the <laughs> thing. I'm like, the, we have to protect our mental health and sanity in ways that y'all don't. Like y'all can go, Girl. oh yeah, I did this talk about ethics, and I went home and like didn't think about it the rest of the day. I'm like, um, I'm thinking yes. about like how's my dad going to do tomorrow. I mean, how many times did I reschedule <laughs> with your ass? Same <laughs> and for the same reasons. Because I hate to yes. say this, I'm like, I'll see something, I'll have a conversation with somebody about this. I realize it's not pushing the needing forward at all, and I'm like, okay, I just need some rest. <laughs> yes, 
I need a like, I need a gummy and and a chill. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank God I live in Colorado because oh, I can do it. Oh, shut up! quiet. Oh, I I would not be able to survive right now in other places. Girl, I've gotten through this pandemic because folks yep. keep sending me gummies. Yeah, <laughs> you have to do what you have to do. Because I'm just like this is this is beyond wow. This is beyond. I could, you could you yeah. could discount me if it was just me. You could discount it if it was just you. Yeah. But I've had, I don't know how many people come yes. on this damn podcast who are beating the same damn drum every week. Every and it's it's frustrating because, and I'll I'll be real, I'll, I've I've taken some moments where I'm like, man, I could just like not talk as much about this and just like live my technical life. And I'm like, I don't have the privilege to do that with a con without a conscience, like without saying I'm betraying my people. Like that's the that, thing. That, I, that puts me in the Candace Owens page. I did not, I did not, I'm not going to go try and fix it on the inside. I did not sign up for the civil rights movement. Yep. What the yep. fuck did I, I enter tech. I did not sign up to be a civil rights leader. That is not what the fuck I signed up for. But here I am. You know, I'm like, damn. We have to do what we have to do. Like, I truly feel if I don't do this work, and I know what I know. Oh, I couldn't live with myself. To be, to be mm-hmm. in, and I, and I, and I don't say this to like make myself feel special, no, special, this like is bullshit. Life. But to be in like the one percent of black yes. women who have this deep knowledge in like AI. Yes. I could never live with myself knowing what I know and to not every day be talking about black women are the moral compass of this country. Yeah. And I think it's, we kind of have to be like, I look around rooms, not a single person is ever going to speak up nor fight nor not just educate, but truly Mm -hmm. challenge, challenge Challenge the imperatives and the incentives, Mm -hmm. not just, okay, I'm going to come in your organization and like give you some data modeling tips and provide like, uh, algorithm monitoring. Nah, we got to talk about the incentives. Mm -hmm. Are you incentivizing your data team to create products and just push BS products out there? With quarterly rewards, yes. with uh, team vacation, like with girl reminds me of a car salesman. Pandemic. It's a fucking car no. salesman mentality. Yes. Mm-hmm. It really is, and I think that's the thing is that it's not just okay. Fix our data workflows. That's a huge part of it. The other part is what are the incentives that drive your organization to do this and yep. do this in the first place? Because oh, I'll Facebook. be real for Facebook. God, God oh. damn. But like from an industry company perspective, you're thinking, okay, let me look at the bottom line. Each year we're putting how much money into AI. If they're not pushing out products that then increase our revenue somehow, increase our operations uh, or decrease operations costs Cost. so we mm-hmm. make more profits, then why are we spending money and paying y'all? Because that when we have a shareholder only perspective, that's yep. problematic. We need to be thinking about stakeholders who works for you, exactly. who partners with you, who buys from you and who invests in you last. Because when those mm-hmm. other three are taken care of, your investment will be taken care of. And this is yes. why I am <clears throat> I'm experimenting with um, first of all, I believe I have no problem with um, capitalism as it's defined uh, about small business. My problem with capitalism in every system that we have, and I say this with socialism, communism, it's all rooted in white supremacy. That is my problem yes. with it. Yes. So my my so my thing is, how do we? What business models? What organizational structures? do we have that exist right now? We currently have benefit corporations and L three C's. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that we can create others, but now we have to get past legislators or whatever, but we need to create models that, that decentivize this bullshit that make other uh, something other than um, shareholder value. The, the, cause right now, again, going back to going back to, quantitative data the only data point these people give a fuck about is the stock market and we know that's it that there are other things about the economy (laughs) that we need to be paying attention to (laughs) yep but but i think it is that laser focus just like on the stock market on that bottom line what that profit is whatever Mm -hmm. your SaaS company metric is Mm -hmm. If that's the way we approach it, there is no fixing it within that system. No, that's my whole. We need a totally different yeah. shit. We need yeah. to change. We cannot. We people have tried this shit. There is no conscious capitalism. There is no black nope. capitalism. There's no Latinas. Nope. There is nothing until we talk about 
And this is what my book is going to be about, Redefining Capitalism yes. Without White Supremacy, The Economics of Being yes. Anti-Racist. Yes. I th- oh, my God, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready because that's the conversation, I think, that's at the root yes. of this. Because we I, we tend to talk about these in silos. And like, we talk around the shit. Yeah. Yes. Yep. How it yep. relates to AI and tech. What I mm-hmm. could go do and not really make any impact on the world is say, oh, hire me to do some consulting. I'll like set up some architecture, add some documentation and some uh, accountability (laughs) here. But I'm not being honest to go put that system in a company that's still revolving in the same kind of incentive based system, the same kind of kind of organization that, like you said, cares about basically profits stake like and not not stakeholders like you and me they're investors it's not going to change anything and that's why my my I'm, I'm pushing this 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 new i want to have conversations about profit without oppression yes because i don't need to know your political views i don't need to know your religion yep. do you want to profit without oppressing yep. or exploiting other people if that's the case yep. let's build that over here because i'm sick I'm, so you hit you hit the nail on the head for me this last break i took I recognize and I'm sick of mm-hmm. doing the explanation. I'm sick of, I've been doing this yeah. for at least three years. If you haven't figured, oh, and I've yeah. created enough content, y'all can find that, find it. What I need to do yeah. now is create alternatives because when you talk about what needs to scale, that needs to scale. Yes. And I think we have to focus on that because, and in the same similar way, companies keep reaching out like, okay, you talk about this. You showed us that this is a problem. What do we do? And they're like, give me a checklist. I'm like, no. Yes. Ain't a oh my God. It's like, everybody, it's everybody, like a checklist you can just go put well, in your company. But that's that binary thinking though. And yes. I tell people, yes. white folks, y'all are binary, right, wrong, good, bad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We live in the gray. You need to learn how to live in the gray. Yes. Be comfortable with every, every answer I have for your company being, it depends. Yes. Like, like but I'm like, I need more information to go Mm -hmm. to to you. Mm -hmm. And even the same thing for fairness. And I go into this in my book, like what is fair for an individual is not fair for a group, right? So, and what's fair all, for the person, a, a, a cis, hetero, um, yes. able bodied Christian yep. person is not the same that's fair if we're gonna yep. use the word fair for a marginalized person. So, stop. Yes. That's why I fuck, fuck equality. We need equity. I don't yep. give a damn about oh, equality. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh my God. Even in uh, the talk I just, just recorded, I'm like, I'm not talking about equality. Exactly. I'm not trying to, if we're trying to build equality, then why are we putting effort into something that basically, at least for data and AI technologies, just drags the path past forward instead of actually changing it to deal with the oppression that we've already created? I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens, strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Deal with the 
oppression that we've already created. We're coming okay, I'm gonna into stop you there. I'm going to stop you oh, there yeah. because I'm going to challenge that. How can you get equality from a system that relies on oppression and, uh, and exploitation? It is designed for chaos and destruction. Yes. There is no equality in there. There is no, no. space for it. It is dark. It is mm-hmm. damaged. It is... Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think that's I think oh you know what that is really the core of the issue. It is that we understand looking at historical data is incredibly biased and systemically fucked up, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but white people look at it and they're like, okay, but that's what we did then. So if we just push that forward, it's the same. Everybody's getting the same amount that they've been getting. And if looking at that ground truth as they see this as neutral, where we see it as bad. And we know so that's no such, saying, but, but again, yep. we're not at the same place because we understand that there is no such thing as neutral. Yes. So this is the whole yes. point. So this is see yep. this this is why there can't be no equality because we don't come from the same. We're not at the same no. starting place. I don't yep. care if you give me a hundred dollars and you give a cis hetero able bodied um, um, Christian dude the same yep. hundred dollars. It does not spend the same. No, it does <laughs> not. And I I find that really educating technical communities about the like the ranges of privilege and oppression and I think the hard part about that so I I like to in my talks I show the little scale that talks about all of the privileged groups and all of the historically like oppressed groups so talking about non-European non-English speaking Mm -hmm. um, illegal immigrant all of those factors and make a point to say like you have to understand there are so many aspects of oppression. And the thing is the way they interact with each other, amplify oh. each other, cancel each other out. Those are the things we can't just measure. It's like, it's like side effects or medication. Yes. And, and they, they, all they want is like, okay, give me a fucking calculation and a formula that says, okay, Asian plus, yes. plus yes. Uh, gay plus this part of the world. I'm like, there is none because it yes. doesn't exist. Yes. You cannot quantify it. So with that mm-hmm. in mind, how do we build systems Mm-hmm. But then find these relationships. And like you said, not equality based on these relationships are able to allocate resources that amend for the historical marginalization. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there yeah. because this is the, what you said mm-hmm. sounds like the Holy grail. It sounds like perfection. What you what we, why it won't, will not exist in mm-hmm. this current system yeah. and why we have to tear the system down is because again, talk about this often, brown and black communities come from a collective. We are community driven. Yep. White folks are individual driven. Yep. Same, we don't have the, our, 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 Same our mentality. Um, are not aligned Mm -hmm. it is not aligned so where we see obvious Mm -hmm. if this is hurting one person then the potential for hurting another is there where they see oh this is this is one person that's an outlier but the majority of people won't get harmed yes that is totally different perspective yes it's the same thing as when and i when i was saying and i didn't understand this when i was talking about it but how the U.S. has done some fucked up shit around the world. Absolutely fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. And we, um, and some chickens coming home to roost on that. Oh, yeah. But when, we, when I look at how we participate in war, how we, when you have U.S. soldiers, male, female, non-binary, whatever, U.S. soldiers, I'm putting everybody mm-hmm. who, this is a job for them. Yeah. And they want, they have signed up they have signed a contract for a number of years and they intend to come back to their families Mm -hmm. and they want to get paid. It is a job. This is the thing that pays their health and care and all that. Mm -hmm. On the opposite side, you have ideological folks who are blowing themselves up. Mm. Yeah. That does not, you're not fighting the same war. Uh, You're not fighting uh. the same war. Wow. You really put it in perspective because it's, it's the exact it's the perfect metaphor for that. We are fighting for the greater good for everyone in our community. It is not the same perspective as 
most technologists who were like, I go to work. They told me to build something and I engineered it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so why do I have to be responsible because, for what it hurts? And also because the thing I engineer does not negative, if yep. negatively affect my outside work. Yeah. My, you know, yeah. my off time, then I'm good. I, I find it hard to communicate that because it's very frustrating and I'm overwhelmed with this, the thoughts about this all the time. <laughs> there is no weekend from thinking about yes, accountability yep, yep, because yep. I'm like, that's why you got to get high. That's why I got to get high. <laughs> like, I have to sometimes forget this is happening. If I know that it's so overwhelming and, and, it's hard when I love the networking oh, that's like that's Twitter has brought me to swipe the Twitter, Twitter is a black woman's hate, safe hate. We can, we done figure this shit out. We found each we, other. We done found, we done, we done found community. Like what, 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 what? You ain't, you, you, what? Yes, exactly. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't no, going nowhere. nowhere. Twitter need to fix their shit. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I'm with you. I found some of the most amazing community in that. Yes, yes. But at the same time, I'm like, I very rarely get a respite from, and, and because I see so many, so much great work from black women, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't get a rest from this because we always talk about it. We're yes, always calling yes, it out. Yes. I saw a recent article. Um, I think it's a PhD student in Pittsburgh and I have Pittsburgh holds a small place in my heart. I went to my undergrad there. Mm-hmm. Um, however, even when I was in school and this is related to exactly what the researcher was digging into, Pittsburgh is an incredibly segregated city mm-hmm. and being a privileged black college student in Pittsburgh, because why I may not have racial privilege, I had the educational privilege and the sheltering of my university, all of the medical care and all the BS and the housing. Right. Mm-hmm. I go to other neighborhoods and I'm like, oh man, like my friends are like freaking out about being here. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I, I, I like living in downtown Dallas. Like this isn't a big deal to me, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but she's digging into why Pittsburgh has so many drastically different healthcare disparities um, because of its both geography and access to food. Everything mm. is, is is real. And like, if people I don't think food is political. Fuck y'all. All you vegans. Food is fucking political. All you all all you people slip slap it. This is what girl. They get on my nerves. Whole another yeah. whole another onion to like. <laughs> you know, but but it absolutely is, mm-hmm. and I and I love it. But I read this article over the weekend. I was like, God damn! I went to this whole this school this whole time, and I hate to say it, but like being young and naive, like mm-hmm. oh everything is great. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was able to, mm-hmm. you know, put the blinders on. Yeah. And, yes. Understand why people get comfortable like that. And in a way I feel guilty, but I think that's, it allows me to, in some ways relate and maybe get to those people more and be like, yeah, you don't see it. <laughs> I don't mean it's not happening. I'm going to let yeah. you off the hook. Cause you weren't supposed to see it because we were supposed to assimilate. You weren't supposed to see yeah. that. Yeah. I was supposed to just go to the fancy schmancy. And, and if you did see it, you were supposed to blame them for their, for their, not the systems, institutions, and policies, but the individuals. And and you know what sucks is you're right. I'm, I was the girl like in my group of 10 white friends going to buy a fucking $13 salad on campus. <laughs> Cause they were like, we love this salad. I'm like, can we just go to Popeye? Whatever, whatever. But but you're right. There mm-hmm. is there's still an outside pressure to assimilate and be like the people to survive. And that's what I say. We we have to we have to deal with yes. that. Everybody has to deal. Everybody yes. has to deal with their own yes. internalized white supremacy and anti blackness. And you know what? I'll be real. It took me a long time to really deal with it. And and not in that I had the aspect of, oh, you know, oppression is people's, is uh, someone's own fault, but I kind of accepted it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. our world is shit. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can mm-hmm. do something about it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, now, yeah. that to me, now to me, that was, that is, although this work it, is very overwhelming, the thing that keeps me going and where I don't get burnt mm-hmm. out is because white supremacy has left enough crumbs <laughs> For me to see that this shit was not inevitable. Yeah. This did not have to have. This shit was a design. Oh, fuck. This was a yes. strategy. When I got to this was a yeah. strategy that was, oh, I can create a strategy to get yes. rid of this shit and do something yes. else. That is what they don't realize. They And so yep. that's what Coinbase, going yep. back to his ass, don't realize 
that you, my sir, has set yourself up to be yep. fucked in the first, first for yep. two years. So his, his, his follow-up was only 5% of the company or whatever it took oh, to saw- pay out. And what you, and what you're seeing is the most privileged people were able to take the payout. And this is my whole point. Just because the black folks that you thought was going to go didn't go to that's just because they're silent does not mean no. that they accept no, it this bullshit. Not. They're in a fucking pandemic. They're in a, 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 the ability of black folks to get rehired, yep. particularly if they lost out of left out of protest yes. are far smaller than if a white person said, I just had it. I just, they just were against my values yep. and blah, 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 blah. And from the white mentality, right? They'd be like oh you'll be able to get a job anywhere at the heart of every black person working in a majority white space we know Mm -hmm. if we choose to leave based off of our values we're gonna be asked the next Mm -hmm. do you think his employees don't know if they're black (laughs) and their end date at coinbase says anytime between june and october you don't think every single uh, you don't think every single I don't want to say white male person in HR, but everyone oh, no, in white HR, women too because they uphold I, white supremacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone in HR who upholds white supremacy, mm-hmm. and some who are marginalized who still yep. uphold yep. this white supremacy, got to deal with their own see internet. this. Yep, and, and that is an actual impact yep. on their next job. Yes. It is not just oh, you can write me a check and I'm mm-hmm. good. No, it, it goes back to where you're coming from. We are not coming from the same place in life. Yep. Yes. There, there is no safety net for me. I had to be successful. And then the uh, uh, exact girl, this white guilt right now, I knew it was no, but I knew it was going to, they were going to lose interest. And I told all my yep. black friends, take this money now, put that shit away. Put I'll it take away, it. Cause I'll they ain't going to be giving this shit for long. Cause they're going to realize well, Black Lives Matter, yep. but they don't matter enough for me to keep paying for this shit. Yes. So they're like, they want another check. Yes. They want another, like. Uh, I got to uh, do this they, ongoing. Oh, no, I don't think I can do it still, ongoing. This is yes. uh, this is hit, hitting into my sushi money. What the hell? Yeah. It is still in their brains. Uh, charity. Yes. Until it's not charity. And, and, but. But but you know what? But that allows them to spot the pattern, to be the hero or the yep. victim and never the villain. Yep. Yes. And they said, well, I did it because it felt like charity, but then I had to consistently do it. And then it felt like a habit. And then I don't get rewarded for my habits. Like, you know. But exactly. But, but also, it's not even that it's charity. They're doing it because it wasn't because of charity for us. It was because for the first time they were couldn't be distracted from a man mm-hmm. getting killed in front of them. This was all white guilt. This has shit to do with us. And I and I tell it, yeah, I can say yes. this had nothing to do with the, the 1,400 yep. people who paid to come to my event the first time had nothing to do with me. No. And that's why afterwards the other two had a hundred, uh, both had less than 200 people each because that were those were the people who actually want to do the work. Yes, yes. And I think that's it. Like, we do mention doing the work, but sometimes we got we got to go back and be like, are you ready to dismantle the systems that benefit you? Mm-hmm. To completely go back and reimagine a new way of functioning in new systems because we're not going to keep band-aiding this. Okay, so, but you know what? I'm going to, we're going to, that last part, they can see. They can see, oh, let's reimagine. That mm-hmm. first part of how I have to decouple my whiteness from this, many ain't having. And that's the problem. Yep. What do you mean? I have to lose my rights? People be like, I'll be, I'll say on the internet, I'm like, yeah, if you're a white dude, you can give up your seat at the conference. And they're like, uh, <laughs> I don't get to talk at a conference. Mm-hmm. My voice doesn't get to be mm-hmm. heard for the first time. I'm like, yep. I, personally, I don't want to hear shit else a white dude got to say. So oh, you, you can, get, you can get, I, it, Me neither. It's it'll be the same shit that like ten of y'all have prior. Exactly, said. talking about some technology because that's all y'all want to talk about. Uh, yep. And if y'all talking about something social issues, is right at the damn. It's the iceberg right at the top yep. surface bullshit. Yep, I can count on my hands out of all of the research I've read specifically on algorithmic oppression on on accountability research and data bias i'm like i could probably list by name 10 to 20 white researchers who are actually doing the work and it's not to say oh the rest are speaking fluff but 
the rest are not taking it as seriously as it is. Well, that's great. I mean, it's the same thing with, with my problem with Robin D'Angelo's book and yeah. um, Kendi's book. It's great. Yes. It, yep. it's, it's great. And when you're talking about academics, but when you put it out in the real world, that shit don't fly. It's not the same. It is it's not, not the same. It's really not. So what would you like to say in the closing moments on the show? Oh, closing moments. Just, I think we have to not just change our mindsets on this, but truly understand that everything algorithmically impacts our real lives. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just black lives. And I think that, yes, we are, I am focused on black lives. Mm -hmm. However, it's easy for people to ignore the small percentage of everybody else that's impacted by this, but we shouldn't ignore them regardless we if we're going to be doing work that drastically impacts people creating algorithms that decide if you get a job that decide if you're good enough to get into college we have to uh, like be we have to introspect the systems in which all of these things operate and adjust everything we do mm-hmm. to create based equity based off of that so mm-hmm. Um, it's my last words. I just, uh, you know, it's about dismantling systems and not mm-hmm. just providing shallow solutions. Ugh. And we got to understand, like, push back. If someone's like, give me a checklist, give me one or two things to do. I'm like, there's actionable steps, but there is no one size fits all. Exactly. It's just not mm-hmm. going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're looking for it, then you should look into yourself because you're the problem. Yes, exactly that. Thank you so much for being on the show. This hour Thank has you. flown by. This has been amazing. It has. <laughs> oh, this, this helped me. Uh, this was, well, this so, was, this was so, my so, therapy hope, this week. Yes, yes, yes. I hope, I hope you are. And this is what this is. When I talk to black women, it's just like breathing. Ah, yes. Yes. I'm like, oh, I, it's not just a singular burden anymore. <laughs> it's, it's shared for this yeah. moment. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I admire your work so much. You have no idea. Thank you and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.